Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight, I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession and passions. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment, feel free to share with your friends. Do you have a question about the surveying or spatial industry? Or would you like to join me for a chat? Or would you like to hear from someone in particular? If so, send me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram and we can catch up. Welcome back to part two with John. Grab your drink, sit back, relax while we finish our chat. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. So when you started your company, what kind of uh, equipment did you start with? (laughs) Okay. Um, You would have seen, you being the age that you are, um, you would have seen quite a lot of changes in technology. Well, for example, we went metric in 74. Mm -hmm. So we had links and decimal feet. Yep. And... When I was working for Palmer Bruno Walpole, my boss, we had to carry two sets of gear with us. We had to have a metric band. Yes. And we have to have one of the old feet and inches bands. Mm-hmm. We had to have offset tapes, 30 metre, well, 100 foot tape and a 30 metre tape. And it would depend. You'd go to the job. It took a while for us to train him, but we eventually did. We'd go to the job. If the search was in feet, you used the feet gear to do the job. Mm-hmm. If it was this newfangled metric stuff, <laughs> you used the metric gear. So I eventually convinced him after six months, this thing called a calculator yeah. that you could little, wasn't programmable. It was just one that would multiply and divide. So I was instructing him in the art of converting for his feet and inches. <laughs> so that meant we only had to carry one set of bloody gear instead of two. Mm-hmm. So I started off, my the first instrument was I used, uh, it was pre-EDM days. Yeah. I had a wild T1A, brilliant bit of gear, and the, uh, was a 100 metre, well, the first off was a 300 foot, wire and then was the equivalent of 100 meter and 30 meter tapes we used to use lufkin really good quality Mm. i have to say it was always good gear Mm. and i'm trying to think of the very first edm i think the very first one that i had was a a clip on i think it was called a red mini clipped on the top clip on the top yeah so when i started my own business i had a a T16 and a T2. I wanted to do some really accurate work, so a one-second jigger, brilliant mm-hmm. stuff. And I fitted both of them with a little block that you could click click the EDM onto. Mm. Um, 
probably the next bit of gear was a jotometer and it was a I'm trying to think it was a jotometer box and then the theodolite sat on top of that oh okay yeah and then lo and behold this magic thing called total station <laughs> come around and i think the very first one i had in my own business so i had this thing i'd buy quality stuff and while it was working good you didn't want to replace it well till yeah. till some of these young blokes working with me and say <laughs> john you gotta get here oh all right so i got um uh mm-hmm. i think it was a uh, Should have wrote that down. But it, it was an EDM that was five second and plus or minus five mil. How good was that? Yeah, wow. Uh, then the next, I went with the Sakisha again and got a, and the first of the reflectorless come out. So mm-hmm. I, I got a reflectorless instrument mm-hmm. and it was, a, I think, a, a Sokia set. I think the first one I said was a set 5A. Oh, yeah. And quite big and clunky. I've still got it. I kept them so long, they were worth nothing as a trade-in, so they're still there. And I've got this plan over the next couple of months. I've got to go through and actually take a picture of all the old gear that I've used yeah. and do progressive little posts awesome. on LinkedIn. Yep. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm looking forward to that. So I've got t- too much time on my hands now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've now been, I've worked my way all the way up now. I've got a Trimble yeah. um, S6 and all the flash bells and whistles. It's one that's got a, a video camera in it. So you can, you're looking at a point, you can tap on the screen and get stuff. Um, the latest prism, you know, the 360 degree thing. Yeah. How good is this? I could stand anywhere and it'll follow <laughs> me around. So I struggled a bit really with driving that. This is where I've hired a few of the young blokes that work for the other survey firms. Yeah. So they come and I show them some stuff and they show me how to get the best out of the trimble. Ah. So we're still sharing. Yeah, it's a win win, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, it's um you've seen a lot, definitely seen a lot of changes uh, over your time. And experienced it as it happened. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. And what I say to the younger surveyors that I love this technology. You should appreciate it more. Back in the day, <laughs> we had to do this. Oh, so, your old time. Not as if I. Not as if I say, oh, in the good old days, I say, thank God those good old days are gone and we've, yeah. you've got this gear yes. that you can use. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, but, it's very different now, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, they do talk about, you know, people just needing to press buttons now and not actually understand the, the, the basic principles of surveying, which kind of scares me a little bit. But uh... The basic principles are still good. They are. Right up to now. And the advantage of today is that we can do so much more in making sure we get those basic principles correct. Yes. Yeah? 
Yeah. I mean, I've got plans that I got registered in the late 70s and early 80s where one of the young blokes will look at the plan and I'll show a, a mark up the road and I've only used it for azimuth. He said, oh, why didn't you show a distance from, from here to this mark 230 metres away? Mm. I said, oh, I'll only use it for azimuth. Yeah, but why didn't you measure? I said, well, that was a day's work to get that yeah, distance. To be able to now you push a button and you got it. Yeah. That's why you show it today. Yes. Yeah. There's a reason. Mm. Mm. Who do you think has had the biggest impact on your career? I would say that surveyor that I mentioned, David Walpole, sadly is deceased. Mm. Um, without, without a doubt, he had an impact on my career as a surveyor's draftsman, the trainee. Um, but that six months earlier that I mentioned that I spent in the field, yeah. Yeah, it was worth six years. You know? yeah. And he taught me a few other um, principles. Um, he only passed away late two years back, and I was sad that he passed away, but delighted that his wife asked me to speak at his funeral. So oh. I, I, I did that from the point of view of all the surveyors that had ever worked at this firm and for this particular person. Yeah, so, he on a lot of people's lives then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And we had so many good anecdotal stories at, at the wake after. Yeah. I remember when we did this with, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. Nice reminiscing stories. What, uh, out in the field, what's the, the worst thing that's happened to you when you've been surveying? How long have you got, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I had heard that question asked and I've jotted a few things down, so bear <laughs> with me. Um, one of the worst, I saw a T1A fall onto concrete. The chainman got the tripod out, put the instrument on, didn't tighten it, didn't tighten it yeah. picked it up, <gasps> went to put it on his shoulder to walk, crash onto concrete. That would make any surveyor, oh. so that was bad. Yes. Um, critters, I've put a note here, critters. Yeah. What have Wasps, you had to do with? <laughs> black, black snakes, dogs stories about all of them. Mm -hmm. The worst one with wasps was bush job. I said to the young offsider, that's not how you clear a line. Give me the brush hook. <laughs> Gone into the bush, went whack, dislodged the wasp nest. Oh no. Swarmed out, stings, come up like the proverbial. Yes. <laughs> uh, dogs, all the good stories about dogs. We ended up, I don't know the actual brand name, but I call them goodos. We we ended up having in, in, in my truck a jar of doggy treats. Okay. So you could always, you know, I, I can recall Mark mentioned to you had to sacrifice his lunch one day. Yeah. To, to, well, none of that. No one's getting my lunch. Here, have some goodos. <laughs> The other thing that we ended up getting was like a, a high frequency little device 
So it's probably a bit cruel, but you could get if the dog was getting agitated and coming at you, mm. you could buzz it and it set out a noise and the dog suddenly lost interest in biting you. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's under my head. On the black snake, they can get up and run, literally. You know, we're in a paddock. It might, could have been snake mating season. Who knows? Mm. And suddenly my offside is running towards me. I said, what's up? He said, snake, snake. And I said, well, mate, what the hell? He said, oh, I see the snakes. <laughs> it, was, was, it was, you know, this high yeah. gone up, stood up and was literally running. So, was, yeah. Wow. So, that would have been scary. <laughs> so that's, um, that's a selection of some of the worst <laughs> things. So. You can appreciate over the years there's there's been lots of adventures. Yes, yeah. So you'll um you'll need to start jotting those ones down. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so when um like you did your teaching and stuff and, and you started your own business, how how did you know what to do in running your own business? Was it just from working from with the other companies and stuff that it gave you? It probably was. And a lot of it, a lot of my business model I based on, like that period where I'd been a survey draftsman, I'd seen yeah. a lot of office procedures and how things were handled. Yeah. And then working in the field, I also then learned field procedures. So I based it on that, mm-hmm. uh, changed a few of the things that they did because I thought this was a better idea and just generally picked up on what other people were doing. It was like a suck it sort of. If you did something that didn't work real well, well, you didn't bloody do it again. (laughs) What's what's the best work advice that you have ever heard or were given? Well, uh, I'd have to say I've got to borrow that from the, the carpenter statement. Measure twice, cut once. Mm hmm um, which we could put a surveying spin on that and include the check work, the check word frequently. Yeah. Um, and the other, that's that's in the field work, surveying, office work side of things. The other bit of really good advice I got in a professional sense is once I started to get involved with professional associations, I had a, a person give me the advice that you never go into a meeting without a good idea of what's on the agenda. <laughs> yep. So, so you don't, don't get ambushed. And the other one was always have a loo break before you go into the meeting, whether you want, <laughs> feel as if you need it or not. Because so, <laughs> they just drag on for so long. <laughs> they They can, so... So what committees and profession things have you been on? How long have we got again? <laughs> um, I've been heavily, I've been president in institutional surveyors, New yep. South Wales. Uh, I'm still currently on the board mm-hmm. of directors. I've been honorary secretary of that. I've had involvement with the Surveying and Spatial Sciences Institute. I've been on their board of directors. Okay. Um, I've 
all various committees associated with with both yeah. of those organisations. Yeah. I've served in various capacities. So, uh, and I've found that experience has been really good for my... I've only really started to get involved with them maybe over the last 15, 20 years, but I've learned lots from participating yeah. in those professional associations, yeah. a professional way. I've seen lots of non-professional ways <laughs> of, of doing things, but all over, it was been a very positive experience. Mm. So, yeah. What made you um, start doing stuff with the institution and, and how did you end up becoming the president? Probably in both, the answer to both those questions is I forgot to step backwards quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the old classic. Uh, well, I got involved with the institution in 2006 as a representative of our local group here in Newcastle, the Hunter Manning Group. They, all the groups, to provide representatives yeah. to the to the meetings yeah. and we'd been chastised big time about our representative not attending and somehow I got to attend. I'd been told there'd only be X number of meetings I'd have to go to. <laughs> um, after 12 months, I think it was Bob Harrison, for some reason saw potential in me to be a possible president. I got tapped to be the president in waiting and mm. yeah, it went from there. Yeah, okay. Um, so pretty cool thing to have on your resume. Eh, <laughs> it, 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 and I've, I've always, the, the way I've approached all these things is the way I've always approached my job. If I'm in there and I'm doing it, I've got to do it as best I can. Yeah. And it's a good attitude to have. What I didn't know, I very quickly learned to say, look, I really don't know about that, but I'll go and talk to someone that I felt did. Yeah. Take that information on board. Um, Dr. Google's been a marvellous assistant over the years. Isn't he wonderful? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, um, it really... Like it, it's it's a full on position. In what? Sorry, Peter. It's a full on position, like being the president or, or being involved in. The, oh well, it, it's a lot yeah. of extra work that it, needs to be done. Very. It it was a full mm. on two year gig, and inevitably something happens to all presidents, and I hope it well it'll probably happen to future presidents. There's always some event that occurs that that you're not prepared for and you've got to handle. Yeah. Uh, one of the highlights for me as president of the institution is we actually moved from our office space that we owned in Pitt Street mm. to where the institution currently is in Goulburn Street. Mm -hmm. So while that was a highlight, the physical move and all the disruption there was a downlight. Yeah, I could imagine. So, I mean, I yeah. remember when it was in Pitt Street, so 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah once again, it, 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 it was a really good learning curve and continues to be that I'm in the, in the twilight now of my mm-hmm. participation. I'm only there as a sounding board if the people want to hear what I have to say. So, <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm sure there's some people that do. What's motivated you throughout the years? I guess everything that I've ever done, motivation has been to be the best I can at it. Uh, My standard of being the best may not have been someone else's standard. They could could have done this better, but it's always been, well, if I'm going to get in and have a go at this, I'm going to have a go at it, you know? And and if that meant I've got to learn from other people, well, so be it. You Mm. you can't just be born with this reservoir of skills and abilities. Mm. You learn from other people. So that has probably been my motivation and the other motivation has been the long-term one that well now I've acquired these skills in a fashion I don't want to keep them all to myself I want to share them with others you know that's my mentoring motivation if if you wish Mm. Uh, yeah so that it's about as philosophical as an answer (laughs) it's nice to have people who who want to give back and who want to to help mentor younger surveyors and help guide them and and help them grow in in getting their um their career on track and yeah yeah well just for example um one of the first things I got involved with the institution in 2006, myself and several others instituted, instituted and started there the cadastral workshops that they offered. Being, oh, okay. Being the theory and the plan check. And this Saturday, we're having a plans checking session. Mm-hmm. These are for the candidates that will go for the next round of boards exams. Yeah. COVID's made that interesting. Tomorrow, on Saturday, we've got people coming to Sydney. We've established another little clump here in Newcastle. Mm -hmm. We've got some surveyors doing some mentoring in the ACT and in Goulburn. Oh, wow. Uh, What has been part, has delighted me about that is we've still been able to provide for these candidates, but I've been delighted at the mentors in these areas that have put their hand up to help. Mm. That's pretty bloody good. This is a good mob to be part of. Yeah, yep, yep, most definitely. Um, Yeah, it's so nice to see that they're they're getting in there and and doing the job. uh, What's your guilty pleasure? Uh, Ice cream. Any flavour? All flavours. There's, there's no such thing as bad ice creams. Some are just better than others. My old man used to say that about beer, which oh, I'll yeah. probably still endorse, but uh, I eat ice cream. Um, I do like rum and raisin. 
Oh, that's one of my favourites. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And macadamia. I like macadamia as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Aldi's got a really good range at really good prices. Oh, okay. More exotic ice creams. So their rum and raisins pretty good, and I've just got one that's some um, honeycomb and macadamia and caramel. So I haven't mm. taken the lid off it yet. That sounds I'm nice. I'm sure that once I do, it'll get a hiding. <laughs> I might have to go for a uh, a little trip tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the most unusual place you've been? I haven't travelled a lot. I've been to New Zealand. I've been to Malaysia, but. Probably the most unusual place was Stonehenge in the UK. Oh. My, one of my sons and his lovely lady were over there on a working uh -huh. visa-style holiday. Yeah. And we surprised them. We went over one, my wife and I went over one Christmas and turned up on their doorstep. And while we were there, we did a bit of travelling. And I remember we went on this trip we went to Stonehenge and I've gone, wow. And while we were there, we went to Bath. Oh, okay. And nice. I was stunned to see these, the Roman baths. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. How long have you been married for? Uh, on two occasions. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I got... I served one life sentence in the first marriage. I got 19 <laughs> years out of that one. And this this second one's close to 30. You know? Wow. Four kids, six grandkids. Lovely. A blended family. Nice. They're the best. I've got one of those. All right. How do you relax? How do you relax? How do I relax? Mm. Um, well, it's changed as I've aged. <laughs> Relaxing for me now could be a cup of tea and reading the paper on the balcony of a Sunday. You know? yeah. um, previous life, I've surfed, I've rode a surfboard, I've had surf skis. Uh, fun runs, mm. but that's back then. Currently, it's more, yeah, kicking back, reading, uh, spending time with my wife while she's reading. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing it's wrong. Um, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong at all. No. I don't mind having a cup of tea and reading the paper on the back deck. <laughs> My kind of Sunday. Would you rather have a get out of jail card or a key that opens any door? That's a good question too. Um, I think a key, a key that opens any door. Yeah. Um, I got more control over that yes. than the... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to earn the key. <laughs> if you see a puddle on the ground, do you walk around it, jump over it, or jump in it? Well, that attitude to the puddle would have changed over the years. <laughs> I'm now a, I'm now a walk around person because I don't know how deep it is no. or, or whatever. But if it was a nice shallow little puddle, I'd yes. still wade through it, splashing <laughs> the mud and water up. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's, from that's a safety aspect. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be jumping. Yep. Jumping yeah. in it. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Okay. I, I genuinely would love to have some sort of healing power oh. that I could, you know, particularly, oh, I guess if you use the instance of, of, of my kids and grandkids, if they've been hurt or suffering some pain, I'd love to be able to wave a wand yeah. and diminish that pain for them. Oh, um, that's sweet. And there are periods where, you know, when I've lost both my parents and yeah. one of them that was particularly ill and painful, it would have been bloody lovely to be able to just... Stop suffering. Yeah, just make that part of their life comfortable. So yeah. I would I would dearly love to have a healing power that's... in that mm. in that sense. That's a nice answer, that one. If you could go back in history, where would you go? This has got a, a surveying tinge to the answer. That's all right. I'd love to go back to the age of the pharaohs in yeah. Egypt yeah. when the surveyors were setting out the pyramid and looking at all <laughs> their <laughs> techniques and methods, mm -hmm. which is, a lot of them have stood the test of time. Yeah. So, yeah. That's probably the place I'd be going. At a party, where could someone find you? I'm sleeping would... in the corner now. <laughs> so where would someone have found you? <laughs> where would they would have found me? Um, <laughs> at the bar, at the barbecue, in the middle of all the chit-chat and, and the good times, for sure. Nice, nice. Lastly, if uh, you had the choice, uh, would you do it over? Would you do it all again? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um There'd be little snippets I might do a bit differently, but, but the overall, you know, it's been such a journey and a learning journey and mm. a life experience. Uh, and I wouldn't scrap any of the BHP jobs or the psychiatric nursing jobs. I'd still, I needed one more year and I would have been assistant in a hand. I got two years of the psych nursing past all the oh, exams. Gosh. So. <laughs> well, look, you just learn from everything, don't you? So You do. You know, you do, and and whether you're making mistakes or no matter what you're doing, you're learning from it, aren't you? So, yep. Alrighty. Lastly, we'll do our quick shots. Sorry. We'll do our quick shots. So, yep. ask you the questions: yes, no, hot, yep. cold, all that kind of stuff. Tea or coffee? Tea. Never drank coffee. Never. Don't like coffee. No. Really? And I was a late tea starter. Wow. Go. Yeah. Gosh. And now I'll do all the flavoured teas, you know, <laughs> like the lemon scented and the whatever. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cat or dog? Can we go both? Yes, you can go both. I'll let you. I could, I could go both, but leaning more towards a dog. We do. I do a lot of um, puppy dog sitting uh -huh. for various kids. The dogs come around and I love it and they love it. So you go. <laughs> Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Summer or winter? Winter, because <laughs> I find it easier to get warm than it is yeah, 
get cool. cool down. Yeah. Roller coasters, do you love or hate them? Hate, hate, no, no <laughs> doubt. Don't like them at all. Three items you'd take to a desert island. Okay. I'd take some fishing hooks. Yep. Maybe a whole fishing line, but I always make a line out of something. So I'd want hooks. Um, something to start a fire. Yeah. And a tomahawk, a little axe. I reckon I could survive if I had those three items. Good choices. I learned that from watching Castaway. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have all those other things. I thought, geez, no. I wish I did. No. <laughs> yeah. Favourite song? Or artist? Probably my favourite artist would be Bruce Springfield. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Favourite movie? Oh, unquestionably. Shawshank Redemption. Oh. Um, with um, Tim Robbins and yeah. Morgan Freeman. I would have seen yeah. that. Every time it's repeated on television, I watch yeah, it. I absolutely love that. Mm. Uh, do you have a favourite book? I do. Yeah. And this is showing the age again. Yeah. It's a book by Ernest Hemingway. Oh, okay. Called The Old Man and the Sea. Probably his most famous one. I had to do it at school um, and I hated it. Yeah. And later on in life, I had to become acquainted with it again and I, I love it. Introvert or extrovert? May not have come over as an introvert, but I am. <laughs> Is your glass half full or half empty? Start off full and ended up half empty. You know, I'm a glass half person. Mm -hmm. yeah. One thing you'd never do again. It's a hard one. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's many <laughs> things that, uh, yeah, never do again. Um, yeah. Go, on a, go on a roller coaster? Except <laughs> that particular job that involved two neighbours fighting over a boundary. I won't do them anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're not nice, are they? Yeah. Uh, if you had a warning label, what would it be? Probably. Probably. You can mess with this bloke, but don't mess with him too much. <laughs> I've, I've got a, a very long fuse. I, I can put up, but if, if I do get to the stage where yes. it's going to blow, it, it's pretty fearsome. So You can only poke a bear so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Only Who knows? Buyer beware. Oh, buyer beware. <laughs> Who knows you best? I'll, of course, have to be in my wife, Benny. Yep. yep. Favourite childhood memory? Okay. Um, as a youngster, 
my father used to take myself and my brother and his lovely wife, we used to go camping on a foreshore of Lake Macquarie that you can't do now. It's now just a reserve, full stop. But he would take the tent out, the start of the school holidays, the six weeks of Christmas, put the tent up. He used to get two weeks annual leave, so he'd commute to and from work while me and my, my big brother and my mother just lived this idyllic life for six weeks in a tent. Oh, wow. Mind you, I didn't have to do the cooking or the washing yeah. or anything. So <laughs> mum must be horrible, but that is a really lovely childhood memory I've got of that six weeks swimming, fishing, running wild. Yeah, happy days. Nice. What's your favourite food? Oh, unquestionably Indian food. Oh. Love it. Favourite drink? Cold beer. Beer? No, all beer, but preferably cold. Cold. <laughs> uh, pet peeve? Well, it's currently it's related to people who walk their dog and don't pick up after the oh, dog. It's pretty annoying. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's more so because I'm doing all these dog walking when we dog mine. Yes. <laughs> seeing it, you know, I'm a religious pickup person yeah. and, yeah, pet peeve for sure. Mm-hmm. Win the lottery or the perfect job? Probably win the lottery and then I can share the wealth with, yeah. with my family. Yeah. You know? Biggest fear? Okay. Bit irrational. But yep. spiders, Ooh. and in particular, huntsman spiders. Really? Yeah, and they're big. And it puzzles me as how the hell they actually get into your house and the <laughs> speed they can move. <laughs> I have a good point, though. I've researched. Apparently, they eat cockroaches. So there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I don't mind those. It's the little black-white tip ones I don't like. Favourite sport? Um, a late favourite is AFL. Okay. Um, my father, late in life, started to watch it. He used to call it catch and kill. <laughs> that was his philosophy. But no, AFL, I, I love it. Nice. Morning or night person? Definitely a morning person. Your proudest moment? Earlier the better. Oh, the earlier the better? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. I, no. I, <laughs> I'm a shocker for the mornings. <laughs> I'll do it if I have to, but yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Proudest moment? Proudest moment would have to be um, making a, a small contribution to the creation of my children. <laughs> but the proudest moment is, is seeing my children and grandchildren really getting on in yeah. their world yeah. um proudest moment is all of them have survived to date without all the problems that are out there and drugs yeah. and the like so just maybe we'd give them a good good we we've given them a good grounding a good grounding a good foundation to see them becoming good all-round people is my yeah. proudest moment it's, it's a nice feeling isn't it it is. On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? 
Okay. Um, I'll give you two answers here. Mm-hmm. Even though I just plugged out Proud I Am and the kids, they'd rate me a five. Yep. But my grandkids think this poppy is super cool. I'd be a nine. Nice. Because primarily I, I give them goss about their parents. <laughs> yeah. Dream car? Back in time, a Mercedes mm-hmm. uh, gull wing coupe. Ooh. You know the ones where the doors come up and the yeah, yeah it's probably a late fifties, early sixties mm-hmm. was when they first come out. Mm-hmm. But they were yeah, beautiful, beautiful vehicle. Nice. And if I had a cool seven hundred fifty thousand, I'd probably get a <laughs> battered second hand one. <laughs> And that's why you need to win the lottery. <laughs> yes, that's another reason. Favourite colour? Green. Green. Yeah. Apple or Android? Well, I'm coming to grips with Apple. Um, <laughs> I'd have to say Android now turning into an Apple person. Mm-hmm. And lastly, what star sign are you? I'm a Pisces, a little Pisces. fish. Yes, and you must be just on the cusp of Aquarius Pisces, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. because I'm right on the cusp of the Capricorn Aquarius. Okay, cusp, cusp, you can play your cusp 50 cents each way. (laughs) (laughs) Depends what mood you're in. (laughs) Exactly. No, I think I'm pretty much an Aquarian. Anyway. That is my questions for you, John. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. I have absolutely enjoyed it. It was delightful. And I just realised how much I banged on at the start. But oh, we've, okay. we've got to the finish line, so that's good. We did. All good. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you again. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the second part of my chat with John. Stay tuned in a fortnight for another amazing surveyor. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox.